thank you for tuning into my podcast, The Haunted Homo. My name's Tyler. We're going to be talking about some themes in horror film, literature, uh, television. Tonight, I will be discussing one of my absolute but most problematic favorite musicals of all time, The Phantom of the Opera, which I had the opportunity to go see live in person for the first time in London, England during my vacation there last week. I know it's nothing new and I'm probably one of the last few people to see it in person, but it's something I hadn't got a chance to do yet. I've read the book, I've seen the movie musical, I've seen the silent film, and it's something that's always really fascinated me. So let's try to start at the beginning. The Phantom of the Opera novel was published in 1911 by, and I'm probably going to butcher his name because my French is not so amazing, Gaston Leroux, who led a pretty adventurous and fascinating life um, as a war correspondent and crime reporter. He went to Scandinavia, Eastern Europe, um, into North Africa in a disguise. I mean, kind of a rough and tumble person. And I believe that sort of energy really shows in the story. It's a crime novel. It's not per se the romance that the movie and the musical have become. It's more about uh, a mystery, someone trying to find out what's going on at the Opera Populaire. And there is the romance thing with uh, Christine Daae and the Phantom. Although in the book, Rao, the Vicon de Chagny, is not portrayed in the same way as he is in even the silent film or the musical by Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's more shown to be this sort of pale, sickly young man who has known Christine for most of their lives, reconnects with her when his older brother, the Comte, Comte de Chagny, takes over as patron of the Opera Populaire. This is totally different from the silent film and the musical. The older brother it does not exist. That character has been eliminated. Um, and not to spoil it, he dies in the end anyways. He's kind of this... He ties things together at the end when they go to where the Phantom lives. Basically something that Raoul does himself in the film and the musical. Christine is still shown in pretty much all interpretations of the of the story to be a very young, perhaps questionably naive young woman who is in the um, ballet corps of the opera and who is being tutored by this mysterious man or angel and is receives the opportunity to sing in one of the major operas. So hopefully everyone is pretty much caught up from there because I'd like to go into a few things that have always seemed sort of strange to me as a reader and a viewer of the film and musical. So let's start with the book. The character of Raoul in the book, as I said before, is shown to have a much different kind of you say the word masculinity than the character of Raoul in the silent film or the musical. The book seems to show the whole experience of reconnecting with Christine, coming to terms that she's being um, 
used by the Phantom as a coming of age, uh, um, coming into one's manhood sort of ritual. This is pretty different from the musical, which shows, in my opinion, the difference between Raoul and the Phantom as competition over Christine rather than Raoul as this kind of man from Christine's past who reconnects and kind of grows a new relationship with her. Christine, throughout all the narratives, as I said, isn't really very different. She has obviously undergone pretty major trauma, being orphaned at a very young age and then sent to live in a not kind of family or home environment, but in the Opera Populaire's Ballet Academy. So by having this increased attention and probably strict care being given by the Phantom is possibly seen as pretty, um, pretty welcome for someone who is just sort of there in, in the crowd of the Academy. So in the films, she's usually portrayed as a young woman. So let's say 18 to 24, 24 is probably pushing it. In the novel, she's um, quoted as being a young girl. So most likely the Christine Dye character is probably more like 14 to 16, which puts the whole Phantom comes in and tutors and also makes her his love interest really creepy because the phantom his age is kind of seen to be much older maybe even 30s or 40s so that's one of the first kind of major gross elements of the whole story and unfortunately kind of seems to be sort of a thing in literature like this this older man taking advantage of a younger more inexperienced woman who as Christine says in the musical, um, she put her faith in the Phantom blindly. Maybe that's a rationalization for what happened to her, which is equally problematic because in the end, you know, it's obviously not her fault per se. And it's kind of upsetting that they make it seem like, you know, she was equally culpable in the matter. I found this really fascinating article called When the Woman Looks by Linda Williams. And it kind in this article, she kind of makes the comment that at least how the silent film portrays the scene when while the Phantom is playing Don Juan Triumphant and Christine is standing behind him, you know, trying to work up the courage to look under the mask you know, because of curiosity, and she finally does, we, the audience, see the Phantom's fairly frightening-looking face, which is really masterly done by Lon Chaney's um, makeup work. You know, we see this and, her, and his, you know, frustration and anger, while behind him, we see Christine still curious, kind of waiting until, obviously, the Phantom turns around and then she screams and... And then she is kind of submitted to this um, fairly brutal manhandling by the Phantom in response to her ripping off her, his mask. William sort of identifies this gendered um, element of horror that men are expected, um, at least in the audience, they're expected to look and see, whereas women typically 
in the audiences are expected more or less to kind of emotionally respond to the horror of what they're viewing and cover their eyes, look away, wait till it's over. Even though most of the time I go see spooky movies, I'm the one covering my eyes and looking in between my fingers. So obviously the gender dynamic isn't always accurate. But what she's getting at in the film then is kind of a, I think, a reference to ancient Greek myths like um, Pandora opening the box. And then also with that kind of an Eve um, eating the apple off the tree of knowledge. Western culture has always framed these women who were naturally curious and being to totally natural in their curi curiosity as being villains because they, in Eve's case, um, introduced um, sin into the world, so claim certain religions. And in Pandora's case, she lets out all these terrible spirits and demons and just happens to let hope out, which is fairly small and insignificant. In Christine's case, she's naturally curious about the man who has seduced, persuaded her to come down to his lair with his music and wants to perhaps as naturally one would want to see who they're talking to or listening to, wants to see more of his face, not realizing, I guess, what kind of situation she's gotten herself into or that maybe that's not quite right either. It's what situation she has been led into. To, to continue on with another point that has always really struck me um, is the fact that I personally believe that neither the Phantom or um, a Rao Shangyi have any real feelings for Christine at all. It's very much um, an issue of kind of male sexual property ownership, which is really disgusting and horrible. Yet interestingly, this musical is seen to be still really romantic and, you know, the songs from it are seen as expressions of real love and about, oh, you shouldn't judge a person by looks, even though the Phantom has definitely overstepped the laws of consent by sweeping Christine from the performance into his lair and it's definitely alluded that maybe something happens in between them and this kind of altered state she is in. So in that point, she's not fully able to give consent, whereas Raoul, the whole time, even up to the very last moment, still doesn't really want to listen to the fact that she's being victimized by this predator and is more concerned with how soon he can get her out of the theater and to wherever he wants her to be. So in fact, I would say this musical is actually a lot more about women whose um, consent isn't taken into consideration whatsoever. And going forward, that a woman's um, physical safety is at the discretion of the male nearest her who has claimed her. In the example then, of when Christine takes off the Phantom's mask, the Phantom responds violently, which is shown more so when you see it in a live performance. She's struck across the face, and of course, in a very dramatic musical theater sort of way, she's flung to the floor. 
But this is a really troubling example of kind of a domestic violence situation. And it's pretty upsetting to watch Christine get slapped across the stage eight times throughout the entire musical. And even then, later on, when Rouse decides, oh, wait, we can have Christine perform in the Phantom's Opera and use her as a trap, because, of course, if she performs, the Phantom's sure to attend. She's, he's actually totally ignoring the fact that Christine doesn't really want to be part of this anymore, and she's very genuinely frightened about what's going to happen to her, and she knows that the Phantom will possibly you know kill her again Rao goes doesn't really take this into consideration at all and says you know this isn't just about you it's about everyone we're all you know we're all here for you and in the end puts her in the line of very direct danger when the phantom murders Pianji and takes his role in the production and ends up kidnapping Christine once again why then is this musical still so popular, especially with the hashtag Me, Me Too movement that has recently come into full force and has identified um, examples of men in many industries and just in everyday life victimizing and sexually assaulting and raping women and taking advantage of women? Why hasn't Christine Daae having her hashtag Me Too moment when she's identified both the Phantom and Rao as her victimizers and men who have oppressed her and made her do things that she did not fully give her consent to? I think that the interest that viewers might take in Rao or the Phantom, because if you go to any performance of the Phantom of the Opera, the loudest applause is always for the Phantom, and usually it's because the Phantom is obviously is played by a, a really wonderful performer who sings his um, songs incredibly well. But I think um, a society and the audience sees in Rao and the Phantom two ideals. Society views Rao as the you know the correct choice. He's strong, he's brave, he's attractive, he's the obvious one Christine should be choosing to spend her, her time and her life with as a partner or as a husband, what have you, whereas, whereas the Phantom is this misunderstood, loner, um, underdog character who, <laughs> to use a quote, uh, has a lot of personality and a lot to offer, but unfortunately is not as physically entitled, let's say, as Rao is with his good looks, with his uh, athletic ability to run down to the Phantom's Lake and um, fight with the Phantom in the graveyard, things like that. So, like I said, people identify with Rao because he's the obvious hero choice. And people identify with the Phantom because he is the tragic anti-hero who, in the end, everyone in the audience, including Christine, because, of course, Christine seemingly has no say in the fact that her consent is thrown out the window. She still has pity on both of the men who victimize and um, ignore her choice of consent. She goes back to him after they leave and 
Um, in the performance, I believe she kisses him one more time after, again, she's been slapped across the stage eight times by the Phantom in one song and been her lover has been threatened with death and violence. She has been threatened with death and violence if she does not do what the Phantom says. She still comes back and forgives the Phantom and appeases him and says, you know, it's okay. You haven't really done anything wrong. It's nothing you can help. It's fine. I'm not mad at you. My consent is not a big deal. And I think that's still very frustrating for me as a viewer and someone who thinks that these are things that are important and should be considered. And I believe that the musical, maybe the musical is identifying these issues in our society that we look at these stories as so romantic and um, we listen to the music and think of them as examples of beauty and true love or romance, things like that, yet still identifying the very problematic nature of heteronormative power dynamics. So I wonder if this is an example of a cultural anxiety that even when presented with the best possible choice in Raoul, who has title, money, body, attractiveness, good voice, um, a full physically enabled sort of person, Christine still in the end harbors really deep feelings for the Phantom, who is less of what Raoul is physically, but musically and talent, he has much more to offer, even though he is an outcast from society. Even so, I believe that both of these interpretations of why the musical is still so popular really ignore Christine's personal feelings or personal stakes in the entire narrative. Well, this concludes my first episode of The Haunted Homo. I hope you really enjoyed it and will tune back in to hear some more episodes where I will try to contextually analyze interesting other themes and monsters or specific titles in the horror genre. Until then, keep reading, keep watching movies and TV, and keep asking questions.